0: In this episode, press trips for travel companies are back on. The expats flying during COVID and the entrepreneur inspiring women to explore the world.
1: The War Nomads Podcast. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous independent traveller.
2: Hi, it's Phil and Kim. If you've been listening regularly, you will know that Kim is on the road. And uh, uh, some nice
0: outdoor ambiance there, Kim. Where are you? Well, I'm about a stone's throw from the ocean, Bill, oh. And uh, in a suburb called Seacliff, which is south of um, Adelaide City. Absolutely stunning. But Adelaide is notoriously known for being notoriously hot and slipping up to its expectations. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, at the time of recording in early November, we're already hitting mid-30s. And what's that in terms of Fahrenheit, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> in I
2: don't know. <laughs> Um, I'll work it out later. <laughs>
0: while, while
2: we're listening to the first interview, I'll work it out now that you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're generally, gen, genuinely on the road and the van has been taken off to have its 10,000K service, which is how many miles, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> about,
2: we can put all that in show about, notes for about, you. About 6,000 miles.
0: Yeah, okay. So um, normally I would record in that, which is almost – Studio quality, but last week, as you heard, if you're following the episodes chronologically, we're in a house because um, we've been hit by some wild weather here in Australia, and so now I'm just sitting out here looking at the beach. It's perfect, really.
2: Nice. (laughs) Is that the ice cream van pulling up behind you, I hear?
0: (laughs) One thing I will say about RV parks or caravan parks is that they love to be busy, so there's always someone mowing the lawns or have a, having a leaf blower or coming and going. Um, but this park, and I'm wondering if this is the future, yeah. actually has a designated office for people to work in. That's oh. a bit too echoey for me, but it's it's got people in there.
2: Oh, right. Okay. That, I think that is the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't intended for digital nomads, but um, that's how it's being used. In fact, Went in there yesterday, bloke had his top off very, very well. He had a nice body, Phil. He was a dancer. (laughs) i think on that note we'll get into it what do you reckon
2: dinner and a show nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) well this episode is a bit of a bumper as i hinted at at the beginning we catch up with a couple of expats an entrepreneur and a travel journalist so to kick it off andrea she lives in Abu Dhabi, and her recent trip to namibia was the first time that she traveled more than 15 kilometers i've prepared this that's around nine miles from her apartment since the night of march now phil she's an avid explorer and only recently discovered the world nomads podcast
1: um well uh, actually the group I travel with the most always recommends world nomads insurance so I had a connection with the with the website I think even previous to that when I was traveling on my own and then just kind of dabble on the website and and found the podcast and and started listening in so I, uh, I'm always attracted to good travel content to give me ideas for next trips or or whatnot so
0: Nice one. Well, you have um, defied the odds, I guess, although the world is starting to engage. You've actually left. You're in Abu Dhabi, right? Yep, I'm in Abu Dhabi. And you left there to go to Namibia. Now, what was the reasoning?
1: Well, a lot of my friends who live in the United Arab Emirates love to travel. And uh, there's there's a group of us who like to travel to very unusual places. So this was... Um, maybe not quite as unusual as, as some um, that we've been to, but it was one of the first countries that opened up. And uh, so there was a lot of, a lot of um, trips listed um, through this one tour group. And we just signed up for a few of them, kind of hoping that one of them would go ahead towards the end of the year and Namibia was that one.
0: <laughs> so what, what was the time, the length of time between your last trip and this one?
1: Uh, I got back from a trip to Bulgaria and Macedonia on the 9th of March, and we took off for this trip on the 6th of October.
0: Uh, So you were well and truly ready for travel and adventure.
1: Itching a bit. I I actually only left my house to go about 13 or 14 kilometers over the course of seven months, so it was about time. (laughs) So, what was the preparation
0: like once you'd been accepted? I'm using inverted commas. You were able to go to Namibia. What, what mm-hmm. plan of attack did you put in place?
1: Well, on this trip, I started packing about five five weeks ahead of time because I was out. I was really out of practice. I didn't didn't realize that was a skill you could lose, and I still ended up overpacked. But um, there was a lot of COVID concerns, obviously, and and as you are probably aware. The targets for COVID change almost daily in different countries and different regions. And so it was constantly monitoring what was going on. Um, The group trek up that I went with was uh, very, very good at kind of following along the COVID requirements, both for leaving the United Arab Emirates and for getting to Namibia. So... We had to book a COVID appointment um, in the United Arab Emirates before we left, uh, within 72 hours of takeoff, in order to go to Namibia and land there. And then they had a little kiosk set up in the airport there to check all the documents to make sure that they could contact us during the trip to make sure we were able to be tested uh, for our return and and uh, just do our due diligence um, on our itinerary when we were in the country. Um, and then we had to get a test when we came or before we came back within 96 hours of coming back to Dubai airport. And then when we reached Dubai, they also tested us there. And then um, in Abu Dhabi, there's a whole other set of requirements. So I have to uh, undertake a mandatory quarantine for two weeks and then get tested on day 12 again. So it's a little bit off topic for the preparation, but I think all the, the COVID thinking had to be done ahead of time as well. Yeah, absolutely. First thing that you encounter when you get to the airport in Windhoek is the sanitizers. And they everywhere in Namibia, they have a foot, foot pump sanitizer. So you don't have to use hands, you don't, it's touchless. Um, you press the foot pump and it sprays um, in, in the grocery stores, the airport, um, uh, you know, cafes, restaurants, um, you have to sign in everywhere you go with a contact number in case um, they need to trace you back. Um, so they're they're very active in that. We we were able to go see and visit the Ahimba Tribal Village for an afternoon, and all of the villages, um, even in the far reaches of Namibia, have been um, contacted uh, either by I think it was the UN or WHO so that they're aware of COVID. They all had masks, um, so that was really interesting to see. And even in these villages, they had a foot pump that. Was attached to a rope that would drip sanitizer on your hands. Um, you know, set up not quite as fancy as the spray bottles in the airport, but uh, that was that was really interesting to see that that they're very aware and and um, cautious of of COVID. So the thing I think I admire about them the most is, and I and I extra admired this when I came home was that the tribe in or the Himba tribe is so is lives so simply. And yet, there's, they still have so much fun and happiness together. The women were just joking around and laughing, and I'm sure they were laughing at us sometimes. But um, it it doesn't take all the things that we have at home in order to make us happy. And uh, come, when I came back home, I was like, "Man, my apartment's such a mess. And why do I have all of this stuff?" <laughs> it's
0: time to start googling becoming a minimalist. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so engaging with them was lovely. How did you engage with some of the other fellow travelers? Was that all
1: fairly normal? Yeah, I think we all have different levels of of fam- familiarity, or maybe familiarity is not the right word, but comfort with COVID and and how we um, want to be with other people or not. And so when we started the trip, everyone was super super cautious about. Um, getting sick and wearing masks and using sanitizer and wet wipes and kind of by the end of the trip, especially after we had tested negative um, in Namibia six days later, we we were a little less concerned about that. And also, the cases in Namibia are very low, and so there was a, a little bit of a freedom, I guess we found from. from travelling and everything while we were there that um, we still did our due diligence and, and were responsible travellers, but um, I think it gave us a little bit of a break from the outbreak in general. How
0: cool that you went to a country that you probably would not have had on your radar.
1: Yeah, it's a, you know, like I said, I travel with a lot of these, these people kind of regularly. So I knew three of the women before and there was two other women who joined us. And by happenstance, we were all, six women between the ages of 35 and 45 and and the kind of we all went on this trip more or less because it was the one that was available so,
0: so you shared with me when you you reached out um, a blog called the forward slash blog we'll share it in um, show notes where some of your past stories and experiences sit so what is it that you actually do
1: yeah, I used to be a freelance travel writer and do um, some content development for, for d- different uh, travel companies. And now I'm actually doing marketing and communication for a major engineering firm for the Middle East. Uh, so I've shifted a bit, but I still keep my blog open. And when I have time, I like to put my thoughts uh, out there to the to the internet and uh, share some of my experiences. One of the, one of the reasons I, I enjoy living in the UAE is because there's so many opportunities for travel. And I think I can help some friends and family and people who I've met around the world understand how similar we are as humans. Um, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about who other people are and, and that gets us scared. And, and so I'd rather look at the positives and tell some of those stories via my blog when I can.
0: Yes, look at the positives. Thank you for that,
2: Andrea. Absolutely. Chloe is an American living in Spain at the end of June, flew from Madrid to Miami to Los Angeles and back staying in the US for a little over six weeks. And she says it sure was an experience. (laughs) Great to
3: meet you, Chloe. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? It's It's nice to meet you, Kim. Chloe, lovely to meet you as well. And thank you for reaching out. Absolutely, yeah. I've followed. I've been following world nomads for a couple of years now. When I first sparked my desire in travel, and then um, reading about uh, a COVID travel, like it just, I was like, oh, I got to hop on this. So I'm <laughs> glad I found that opportunity. Thanks uh, for reaching out to your listeners and asking um, to
0: hear back from us. So thanks. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I mean, you guys are the experts. You're out there doing it. It's now time. Would you agree, Chloe, that we start to travel through COVID as opposed to thinking about travel post-COVID?
3: Yeah, i I think that traveling through COVID is gonna. I mean, for me, it's not only been like necessary, but it's it's been it's taught me a few lessons in terms of how to you know take care of myself, and again, in the um, in a different environment, a new environment. But it's also like um, it's also been to be honest, uh, much much more inexpensive. Which for me, I've always been a budget traveler. So finding the COVID prices, at least for now, um, have been really helpful towards my like being able to go to more places longer and do even more things. Just in terms of um, in terms of money, not necessarily being near a bunch of people, but um, my opportunities have definitely widened. For example, I went. I, I'm here in uh, Spain right now and I flew home. I'm from Los Angeles, my family lives in Los Angeles. So I was able to fly from Madrid um, out to the US but I actually stopped in Miami which is where one of my best friends lives. And so I've never been there before and the ticket was cheaper to stop in Miami versus going direct or even to have, have a more, I guess, short, a shorter layover in maybe Dallas or New York City. So being able to go to Miami and spend time with my friend was, um, was more uh, inexpensive versus my like general fly home, which is why I I flew home because it was a much,
0: it was cheaper. Were you concerned about, well, obviously you were concerned about your safety, but how did you go about it? So yeah, when I, um,
3: when I first started to, I'm an au pair here in Spain. And so when I first started to mention to the family, what you know my desire to travel home they were they were for sure like way more concerned than i was i was concerned but i was still very like prioritizing wanting to be with family seeing my friends that i haven't seen in a long time especially going through the whole quarantining that was march and april so safety for me meant first talking uh, with them with the with people who were the, the family that i live with and so they helped me you know the first thing that, was, that I wanted to make sure that was clear was that I was going to number one, wear a mask at all times, wipes or, or um, like tissues to like sanitize my area along with packing my own lunch. Also brought a change of clothes, which is something that when I did arrive in Miami and when I did arrive in LA, I always changed my clothes just to take that extra step. Other than that, when I'm on the plane, I'm not particularly trying to get up. I'm not trying to talk to anyone my international flight so Madrid to Miami both ways was super empty there was no one near me only coming back did someone I think was set like was assigned a seat next to me which at that point I did ask the gentleman to if if he could sit in a different seat or I could sit in a different seat and it was very easy to do that since the plane was empty and um yeah, I just I, I think that the, the general what what I've what I've done in research is the mask sanitizer alcohol and the cleaning of the area. But they do a pretty good job. The the air, airlines when you arrive to Miami, there's a you have to um, go through some sort of screening, which is very simple. Like you fill out a form and you you know answer questions. Are you sick? No. Were you near anyone sick? Who was sick? No are you having any symptoms, anything like that. And and I'm also very transparent, like, in, but the, excuse me, there is no requirement to, for like a 14 day quarantine. It's so recommended, they suggest it, but there's no required, nor are they, you know, following you after the, after your flight, which is something I was afraid of because I was flying into Miami and eventually heading to Los Angeles. I didn't want to have any issues there. So I um, did try, I, I was very concerned once I got there, but There's no mandatory quarantine in in the United States right now, as far as I know. Going to Los Angeles, I did stay in a in a separate apartment than I usually. I usually go stay with either my mother or my father, but this time around, I decided to stay in a separate apartment where I didn't have to share any like very close spaces for long periods of time. When I did go see my parents, it was more on at at a distance, you know. when we were indoors, we did wear masks. And when we were outdoors, we didn't. It was just more keeping that six feet apart or one and a half meters. And, um, when it came to visiting friends and I, I, like I said, being very transparent with them, I was clear that I, I just got off a plane. I was clear that I was going to be visiting other people, but that I am, you know, carrying hand sanitizer, washing my hands very often, making sure I don't have any symptoms. I think that's something that. Um, that I, I, you have to really be honest with yourself. Like when you say you have to wake up and say, okay, do I feel good today? If I don't, then I just should just take the day to myself to just not, you know, not put anyone else at risk. And luckily I didn't have any day that I felt under the weather. I'm, I didn't go to any parties. I, I did hang out with small groups at parks, but nothing that i feel like i feel like i didn't do anything that was putting myself or others at risk in terms of covid especially that might be different to other people you know everyone has their opinions right now and um they some people think that on the basis of traveling alone that you're crossing lines but i think as long as you're honest with people some people will be interested in seeing you and spending time with you and some people won't and i and i faced both of that while i was out at home and um it all it all worked out. Everyone was was always very happy to like come together, and and there was a situation for everybody. Some people would love to um, come over and and maybe you know have a have a lunch meal or something, and some people much rather just be outside at a park and have lunch at the park. Both work for me. I'm very fle- I was very flexible.
0: Thank you, Chloe. Now, we met Katie in a very early episode when COVID had kind of really embedded itself and we were doing the COVID-19 travel news episodes. Katie is a
2: journalist who in the past few months has taken a few press trips, carefully chosen for safety, of course. She's been with Travel and Leisure, Thrillist, Condé Nast and Departures.
0: Well, last time I spoke to you was, it was April and you were in Nebraska. What's happened since?
4: Uh, well, since then, um, Nebraska was one of the only states in the US that refused to shut down and refused to have a mask mandate statewide. So um, I'm lucky to be from Minnesota, which um, has been a little bit more aggressive in its handling of the pandemic. And uh, I was able to shelter in place up at our cabin in northern Minnesota for. A couple of months since I spoke with you.
0: At the time that we spoke, did you think at the time of recording, we're in October, that this thing would still be going?
4: Well, from everything I'd been reading at that time, uh, I kind of thought it would wane in the summer months. Uh, but, you know, where I am, I'm back in Nebraska, and we, I just watched a press conference today that our hospitals at, are at higher capacity than they were in the spring. So I would say I definitely thought that the cases would be way lower and that people would have been responding with compassion and wearing masks, Um, but that hasn't really been the case everywhere, which is, you know, kind of disappointing. So I definitely didn't think we'd still be in the deep throes of pandemic. I thought that it would hopefully have tapered off at least a little bit, so...
0: Since April, as a travel writer, you've been on a couple of press trips. Tell me about that. Sure.
4: Yeah. So I've been on actually five press trips. Um, So I only go on them with like a set response, which I came up with beforehand when I started getting invitations, which was about June timeframe. So I've been to um, five trips just in the States. And if the, you know, PR or DMO rep could answer my safety questions, if they had a mask mandate, if it was a group of journalists that were like numbered about four or less, um, and then if most of the dining was outside and it was more outside activities, that's the trips that I agreed to go on.
0: Okay, so you were very specific.
4: Yeah, so my dad is sick. So I um, have taken the pandemic uh, very seriously because, you know, it can very easily affect, um, my, my dad. So I've actually been tested eight times. I get tested like before and after my trips, and then I make sure that I have some buffer zone of two weeks to isolate before and after, just so I'm not, you know, spreading anything and uh so seven of my tests have been like the PCR which are the nasal um swabs which feels like your brain is getting stabbed kind of it's quite uncomfortable i've had um, one yeah yeah you so you know and then um and sometimes they do one nostril and sometimes they do two i don't know why i don't know when that switched and then one of my tests was from one of the destinations i went to and they gave us like a mail-in kit where we swabbed our throat and mailed it in and got the results right away Um, but those ones are less are considered like less um, like they're not as good as the PCR tests.
0: So once they were able to tick the boxes for you in terms of safety what were the trips about?
4: Uh, Well the first one that I went on was actually to Alaska um, which is a favorite destination of mine because it feels like a big international trip but it's still within the United States and it's a destination that's really perfect for social distancing because of how, uh, it has such a small population and it's so spread out. So I actually went fishing, uh, with three other women and I knew all of them and they all had been very careful. So I felt even more comfortable going. And then everybody, when you land in Alaska, you had to produce a negative test result within 72 hours. Um, like when you landed, you had to show them. Or you had to go quarantine. Um, so fishing in Alaska was obviously a really easy example of a social distancing trip um, because our group was by ourselves in the dining room. We were separated from other guests. We were on a private island, so there was you know no one around. We did you know temperature checks every morning. And they just did a really nice job of making the guests feel comfortable during, you know, it was the first weekend that the fishing lodges were open in early July. So I was traveling before
0: some of my other colleagues. So in your opinion then, and we know that we will be traveling safely as we move forward, things like fishing, cycling, camping, RVing. From your intel, is that is that the type of uh, travel that's attracting people? Yeah, that seems
4: to be a huge trend moving forward. And especially like in the US, in terms of our outdoors, the national parks have really been having a moment where people are really taking the time to explore their own backyard. And obviously, naturally being outside is just safer than being in confined spaces. Um so one of my other trips was hiking focused and I really really enjoyed that that was in Michigan. So yeah, I think that that's a, an easy way to travel more safely just the way your itinerary is structured and with with such a huge country, you know, there's just so much to offer and so many so many like different things to do.
0: Yeah I think that's the advantage isn't it or the positive that's come from COVID. Australia like um, the US is a big country and I've been overseas before I visited some of the places here in Australia so this is a really good opportunity to make sure I've ticked off all the places in my own country before I start exploring the world again.
4: Oh yeah, I completely agree. And I will say from a professional standpoint, I'm based in the Midwest, which is not a traditionally like travel hotspot. I believe Nebraska where I live part-time is actually like the state that gets the least amount of tourism's um, expenditure. But because people are a lot more open to exploring the U S since, you know, their European holiday got canceled uh, it's helped me professionally. I've been able to establish myself as a Midwest expert because I grew up here and, you know, really know it well. And there aren't a lot of travel media based in this area from what I've seen. I know, like, of one other travel writer in my city, and she does mostly travel trade. So I've, the reason I broke into travel and leisure and departures and thrillists were all for Midwestern features.
0: So this has been a good time for you on reflection, even though you're making sure that you're healthy and, and um, your parents, particularly your dad is, is healthy.
4: Yeah. So I, I, you know, with the pandemic and everything slowing down, it's, it's kind of a good thing to have time to reflect. And, you know, I kind of refocused how I thought about my business of freelance writing and decided to focus on two niches and I'm married to a pilot actually So I write about private aviation, um, and I also, like I said, have been able to cultivate um, the Midwestern expert moniker, which is great. So even though it's hard to see the bad happening from all of this, um, personally and professionally, it has
0: actually really helped me uh, to thrive. Thank you once again, Katie. Always great to catch up. Now, Gail wanted to get in touch after listening to the World Nomads podcast. She says it's helped her through lockdown and she wanted to specifically touch base about a client of hers. Yeah, look,
2: a quarter of women are afraid to travel alone, but still aspire to do so. 22-year-old Londoner Gerald Patney has come up with a solution to make solo travel more accessible than ever.
0: Yep, introducing the amica app designed to bring confidence and inspire women around the world to travel and during this pandemic the design the development and investment has taken a huge positive step with the app now ready to launch
5: so it's really funny because we were actually meant to launch our app this year in may um so i mean obviously that didn't happen um but it's okay because it. It got us more time and we got to really uh, know what problem we were solving and what our solution was to that problem. Um, So we're refining the product and we're really building our community. And I think that's the amazing thing about this time is that it's really brought out the importance of community. And I see that everywhere. Like there are so many digital communities at the moment that are thriving and We recently founded a community called the Travel Plug where women can sign up and receive kind of firsthand information. Um we curate almost like wonderlusting uh they're called destination diaries. So every week someone from the community shares um their favourite places in any sort of destination. And things like that we so when people register, we ask them kind of what they're looking for so that we know what best to provide and So many people say that they really want a travel community. Like they want people to talk to about traveling during this time. Um, They want people to talk to about how to travel in the future. And that sense of community is so strong at the moment. And I think that's also as a result of the pandemic. People are leaning in to other people more than they ever, ever would have otherwise, I think.
0: Yeah. So that's what the app is. It's about a digital community.
5: Yeah, so it will, I mean, I hope that um, our users from the Travel Plug will find value in the app, but the app itself, so the Travel Plug is more of that digital community that we're trying to provide during this time. We just created it during COVID because we saw that there was definitely a need for it. Um, But the app itself is, uh, it's to meet like-minded women in um, any area in the world and it's for people you know traveling for business, leisure, like permanently moving somewhere and you don't know anyone and you don't know what classes to join to try to get to know people. You go onto the app and you enter a couple of different preferences in a few categories such as food, drink, culture, activities and then you are shown people kind of in your area um, with those same interests. So you're You're being very intentional from the beginning with um, who you kind of are open to meeting, I guess, because I think as you get older, you're more intentional with your friendships anyway. So that's something that we wanted to mirror. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's the idea is basically that you get to retain the independence and the autonomy that you get when you're traveling alone while being able to dip into a network to share one-off experiences as and when you choose to so if you want to try out a new restaurant with someone you don't want to do that alone fine you can find someone in the app with who loves the same cuisine or you your favorite band is playing in a city and you want to go with someone maybe even just to feel safer you can find someone who likes the same music And that's what it's for, it's for those one-off experiences.
0: There will be a link to the app in show notes, but we'd love to hear what you've achieved so far during 2020. Now, all the guests that you heard are people that have reached out to us. Mm. And so how have you been using the time in lockdown? Travel's been restricted. Did you create something like an app? Have you pivoted into something entirely different, like a Nebraska travel specialist? Get in touch
2: with us. Yeah, do. Uh, You you can email us at podcast at worldnomads.com. And in the meantime, please remember to rate, share and subscribe from wherever you get your favourite pods.
0: will see you next week. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.